Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. We're right neck deep in the middle of It's Too Small, the series on what the Lord is saying to me in my immersion, baptism, being born of the water. I just wrapped up talking about a wealth of things. Go back and listen to it. I don't have time to rehash it. Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplications. He has inclined his ear to me. I shall call upon him as long as I live. The cords of death encompassed me. The terrors of Sheol came upon me. I found distress. I found sorrow. But then I called upon the name of the Lord. I beseech you, God, save my life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is compassionate. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul. The Lord has dealt with you bountifully. You've rescued my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed when I said I'm greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all men are liars. What shall I bring? Render to the Lord for all of his benefits towards me. I shall lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I shall pay my vows to the Lord. Oh, may it be so in the presence of his people. Precious in the sight is the death of his godly ones. In the sight of the Lord, it is precious. Lord, surely I'm your servant, the son of your handmaid. You've loosed my bonds. I'll offer sacrifice of thanksgiving. I'll call upon your name. I'll pay my vows to you. Where? In the presence of all your people. All men are liars. They're disappointments and failures is what that says. In the original text, they're disappointments, they're failures. Can we just reckon that as true? We don't become super God men. Don't call me good. Don't call me good. Unless the Spirit holds me together with His supernatural power, there's still no good in me. Born again, born of the Spirit, born of the water. His vow will keep me, brother. And if you can't believe his vow is enough to hold us together, then how in the world can you believe doctrinally that it will hold you together with me by our vow? Let that sink in, friends. That's what I had to reckon with. If I don't believe that Jesus the Christ vowing himself to the grave in absolute complete surrender and yieldedness before the Father, so emptied that he could commit his spirit back to himself in absolute perfection emptied out, if that very vow itself is not enough to hold me with a brother, how in the world can I doctrinally say that my vow out of my mouth to that brother can hold us? It's too small. It's too small. It's so, so, so small. Romans 6. I don't even have time to read all these. I'll just 
For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. To do away with our body of sin. So we're no longer slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. And so I would just ask in light of just these couple little scriptures, because I don't have time to read the pages. Are you still being found in any way looking for the more that is always somehow only in your future? Sourced in a doctrine. Sourced in an understanding. Sourced in mere men. In our best efforts, in our absolute best efforts to be found the body of Christ. We're not flippantly hoping we're doing this right. We're giving ourselves to every last molecule of our being that we know. But have we had the revelation? And again, if we've not had the revelation, have we gone in? Have we joined ourselves with his death if the, res- if the revelation has come? And if the revelation has not come, then what are you holding on to? My absolute best understanding of what I must do. Well, let it go, Joel. How, God? How? Immersion. Immersion. What you are waiting to do in absolute perfection. And I thank you, Joel. I thank you. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you for giving up your will. But even that has been too small. There's more. And it's in the water. It's in the faith that takes you into Messiah. Oh God, Yahweh God says, come in to the death of Messiah. It is the only vow. Because if you join yourself with the perfect vow of the Messiah, there's no other vow necessary. Praise God. Every other vow is too small. And that's so freeing. Every other vow is too small. Praise God. Praise God for the freedom. I don't have to do it perfectly. And I don't have to find the one, two, three, four, five, fifty, four hundred, four thousand people who are, are they doing it perfect? Oh, are they vowing? Do they really mean it? They've done this, 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 and this, and this. And they'll so, okay, I know. Oh, God, because I just have to know. I have to know. I have to know that that brother's really in. I have to know, God. No, it's too small, friends. It's too small. Your denomination's too small. Your doctrine's too small. My beliefs are too small. My perception and intellect are too small. My studies are too small. It's the immersion into the vow of the perfect high priest Messiah. 
that alone will be sufficient for the rest of my days. That alone. That alone. Everything else is just too small. Like easily. Not, there's no competition like, yeah, but God, like, and this is where I got to like so fast. Again, it was just like the Hezekiah people. The revelation came and man, the word of God said it happened suddenly. Because what? The gift of faith was birthed in me. The seed of faith that came all the way from Abraham traveled thousands of years into time and landed somewhere in good soil in me that had never been that way before. Because in my clinging to what I have to do, I have to do it. I have to find it. I have to find a brother who's going to commit to me, God. I have to be that brother. I have to. I was saying it's not enough to have faith. We talk all the time here about this is risky, this is painful, this is risky, we don't know what's coming, faith, 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 but yet I will admit from my side, it's all I'm going to do. We've clung too tightly to our own understanding, which is, I'm just going to say, far and away greater than any understanding I've heard of before. But yet there's that, there's that influence of our efforts. Our verbiage has been right. Our hearts, I know, have been right. My heart has been right and good and clear. But the revelation came and everything was deemed too small. And brothers, I had grand visions. I had huge visions. I'm telling you. In my mind, I was dying here alongside these brothers. They would bury me. I was in. To the most of my understanding, lacking the revelation. And I understood a lot. It was too small and it had to die and it went with me into the water. The most grand thing of all of my security that was yet before me went into the water and was immersed. It went into the Messiah. I put it into his death and I'm so free. I'm so free, 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 it's echoing down my valley. I'm so free, I'm so free, I'm so free. I don't need baptized into anything other than the sun. I don't need immersed into a movement, into a people. I don't need immersed into a brotherhood. I don't need immersed into a family. I'm immersed into the Messiah. And in him, by who he is, is the expression of his body. Do you understand what I'm saying?
Anything else excludes the Hebrews 11 saints. We place ourselves above them. Ridiculous. As if we know anything greater or even anything close to what they understood. I've joined myself with what they foreshadowed for what they saw yet before them. The fulfillment came and I've given myself to join into it by faith that was a gift from God. No mere action of men, no vow, no commitment, no covenant. I have joined myself into the covenant. It is him. Every man is a breaker of the faith. But the Messiah, he came to be the firstborn of many brethren. There is one body. 1 Corinthians 12 makes that so clear. There's one. There's one. And if you think that there's one and, you are dead wrong. If you think there is one but, you're wrong. I'm wrong if I feel that way still in any way. My death, my living sacrifice, this body, again, so much more than symbolically. When I went into that water, when I went into the water, literally something supernatural happened to me. I believe by faith that is a gift of God, that it was literally, 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 literally. The same as me climbing up onto the cross and crawling into the body of the Messiah. I'm not even kidding. Can we get that imagery? Oh God, can we get that imagery? The joined with imagery. We have been told our whole lives, come to the foot of the cross. Come to the foot of the cross. Look up at the Messiah. He's lifted up. But unless we go there and then climb up there, open up the pierced side of the beautiful sun and climb into him and join ourselves with his death, we're not in kingdom and in any way in any way according to biblical truth can we say that there's anything more necessary than meeting one another inside the death of the messiah what in the world is extra what vow of what mere vow of man
makes that any more real than looking beside you and seeing another spiritual brother in the Messiah. A confirmation of the Spirit. Oh, the dependence upon the Spirit, because here's the question, right? And we've had that question here for years. How do we know that someone's in Jesus, in Yeshua the Messiah? How do we know? Well, we've said the vow. The corporate vow. Oh, God. It's too small. It's too small. The corporate vow is too small. I'm not saying it's not great. I'm not saying it's not something. I'm not saying it's man's best efforts to try to attain what I'm telling you I feel is right. But it's too small. Period. Because if we're all at the foot of the cross, just telling one another we're in Him, convincing one another by our vows, it's too much. It's unnecessary. Because there will be a substitute. There will always be a substitute. There will always be an excuse. There will always be taint of flesh. Have you ever had an experience with a brother, with a church member, with a family member, where something happened and you just wish there was something that could keep you? How many relationships have we all had within the body of Christ throughout the course of our lives? The earth is covered with hurt people. Okay, well, let me just ask, what in the world led to that place in you? Whether God's healed you or not, that's not what I'm talking about. Well, brother, God's healed me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what was the origin and the cause. Can we not say that it was a broken vow? Can we not say that that's ultimately what it was? Was you told me you would do this. You promised me you would be there for me. Why? Why did they go? Why did you go if it was you? Because it's too small. And again, Vows may last for generations. Vows may last and endure for generations. But there's still more. There's still more. Because the more is eternal. And the more was established by God himself thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. And it continues on and on and on. It's perpetual and it will go on until the second coming returns and everything is made new. And that covenant, that vow, oh Lord Jesus, what vow? New Jerusalem comes. All the stuff, man, all the stuff. Well, when a tribulation in the thousand years, all that, forget it. When the culmination of the ages comes and new Jerusalem descends from heaven and it is set up and established an eternal kingdom of God where there's no need for the sun. There's no sleeping, there's no slumbering, there's no crying. It's perfect fellowship. 
Oh God, oh God, make this crystal clear. Will you look to your brother beside you and say, brother, thank you for your vow. Oh my gosh. Thank you for vowing to me. Thank you for covenanting with me, brother. When you look down, if we could even do this, which we won't, but for metaphorical sake of making a point, if we could look back down into our blade of grass vapor lives that are here and now, we won't even see it. We won't even see it. Because the vow of the Messiah will be perfected and a new literal kingdom will be the only thing that remains where all of those that have been immersed into his death will eternally dwell. Not those who have seen the kingdom alone. Not those who have heard about the kingdom. Not those who have done this, 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 committed to this, this, this. Found the ones for them. No. No, no, no. The only absolute sure thing is to be in Yeshua Messiah. We have to realize the thief on the cross reality. We think we have options. I would like to say we think we have choices and options of getting to paradise. We have to embrace the fact that you, my friend, are the thief on the cross. I am the thief on the cross that confessed the lordship of the Messiah. He had nothing else left. He was sentenced to die. In mere minutes, his body would breathe his last like Yeshua Jesus. We are him. That is us. And in that reality, it is same today for us being ready to put down the oracles of God that we have had thus far. And when the revelation comes, to put it down. Whatever that means for any of us, put it down. Make that exchange. What have I been saying for the last two years? The exchange reality has got to take place. Not my will, but your will be done. My best plans, my biggest visions, my biggest imaginations. Lord, I have planned my course. But there has been an intersection. I have encountered the Messiah. And every single other thing is too small. It's too small. It's too small. This is a wineskin season. The kingdom was coming into sight for me two days ago. I stood in the water up to my shoulders, as I've said. My visions of my future, the visions of my family, the visions of my generations and the brothers that I'm here with, their generations, carrying on what we're laboring to establish here. My biggest dreams, they all came with me. And they were put in their proper place. And I said, Messiah, my greatest plans are too small.
and they died with me. I committed my spirit to Yahweh. I was emptied entirely of everything that I knew to unearth. I was a drink offering poured out because of the spirit of the living God giving me the gift of faith. And I unioned myself into the covenantal vow that only the author of the vow, praise God, only the author of the vow can keep. But I'm in Him. I'm in Him. Wineskin. Are you going to burst? Or are you going to start over and be filled with what is new? Are you going to put down the water pot and get living water? Or are you going to keep running dry? Are you going to put down your present day revelation of God that may seem so concrete, so sure? Oh God, thank you. I've never had clarity on this matter ever in my life like I do right now or like I've had for the last 50 years. Can you put down the scroll, get out of the chariot, and get in? Have you been immersed? So to bring this to an absolute close, please don't misunderstand my emotion to mean anything other than I just cannot express with any more in me the urgency to respond. We must be a people who respond. I spent years giving myself and giving myself and giving myself to understand fully what I was giving myself to in immersion, in baptism, in the corporate reality of the body, the present day expression of Yeshua Jesus, the Messiah. And I added things to my life and I grew and I matured and I changed and the Lord expanded and expanded and expanded and expanded. Not just my understanding, but something in my heart. But for me, when I reached that place, for me, that's all I'm saying is what, what have you received? For me, I had to face the moment when what I had added and the, like I said earlier, the greatest expansion of the corporate vow reality. When the Lord said, Joel, I want everything from you. For me, he wasn't asking for a greater demonstration of how to enter into the vow with mere humans, even in God-men. No, it was too small. He wanted me to union with himself.
He wanted me to enter into his vow. He wants me to enter into his vow. And I'm so passionate. Please forgive me for being loud and for being so exuberant. I can't help it. I literally feel like the men of the scriptures that I read who stood up in the city and declared the word of God. So please hear rightly and understand my passion and my zeal is in a is in a immeasurable treasure. I found something of incredible value. And all I'm saying is do you know that you have it? Do you know that your doctrine, your beliefs, your current experiential reality of what you are doing and what you have in fact done has it brought you into that same encounter the experiential encounter of the supernatural work of faith not limited to the mere vow and mere covenantal announcement of the mouths of men but a supernatural spiritual act of faith. Friend, please be sure. Please be sure. Turn off your televisions. Stay home. Stay up all night. Deny yourself food. Deny yourself the pleasures and comforts of life until you know it if, if you don't. And even if you do, even if you're sure you do, isn't it worth asking? Isn't it worth the probing? And isn't it worth the examining? Maybe I don't. Maybe we don't. Maybe we haven't. By faith, by faith, by faith. His vow is our hope. His vow has become my hope. His covenantal, eternal vow, executed in absolute perfection by the sinless, flawless Messiah, who invited me to enter in and join myself with it, Him, the vow, Himself, will hold me for the rest of my days. Amen.